Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Each week we discuss life's hard financial questions in three sections. The first section is what we refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third is news you can use. Now this week for retirement update, we're gonna talk about taxes. And we're, we're right, on, right on the cusp of tax preparation. In fact, we've been working with a lot of different clients. And one of the things that most people are always concerned about is audits, mm. uh, particularly if you're in business or if you make a lot of income. And it's kind of a surprise, but I think, I think the, the key thing is that the audits are rare. Mm. And IRS only only does about a million audits per year. So if you take that into consideration, or you know, in comparison with how many tax returns are filed, yeah. it is it's it's probably an unlikely chance that you're going to get audited. But mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't report, mm-hmm. or if you underreport your income, you're probably a target, or potentially could be a target for an audit. Right? Yeah, yeah. They talk a lot about red flags that happen um, in the midst of how you report. You know, things that you put on your tax return that are more common to audit and mm-hmm. you know things like S corps tend to get more audits um, than, than other things. But part of it is, yeah, you, you have to file, you have to pay your taxes, you have to do the appropriate steps, you know, in, in preparing for this. But the reality is that audits are few and far between. Of course, when they audit, they don't just look at the one year, they look at yeah, they know, can, multiple they can, years. They can open up the books and, and just, just to remember now, you know, Jeremiah and I are not CPAs. We're not accountants. We work, with several CPAs and tax attorneys. So we feel like we have a general knowledge, but it comes down to specific things. We would recommend you to one of the experts that we work yep. with on a regular basis. So I wanna make that clear as a yep. caveat over the air. We're not, make, we're not giving tax advice today, but some of the areas where people, I think were, you know, with the last, with the, la- with the pandemic, for example, RMDs, uh, if you were below, age 59 and a half, you could have taken out money out of your retirement account and not have to pay the 10% excise tax. That went away. Mm. So if you did it and is, is, so it's not available to you, you have to be very careful about the rules and regulations mm-hmm. and the changes, you know, during the pandemic. And they, you know, they, they sent out money to people. Yeah. So th- this year, 2020, and I think specifically even 2021, right. is, a, is a difficult year to do your taxes. Yeah. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of differences and things that need to be reported in an appropriate way. You, you just mentioned, you know, taking money out of your retirement accounts and how, you know, there was this, this allowance for that, you know, given the pandemic, you know, that's now ended. The, the child care tax credit, I think that's a big one. There's a, it number, is a big one. There's a number of families who the IRS anticipates <laughs> that when you file your 2021 taxes, you'll be entitled to some sort of a, a child um, tax credit. Right. And so what they start doing is they just proactively push that out to people. Now, for some folks, maybe your children left there on college, and even though you qualified for that in previous years, you might not qualify for it now. Um, your, your kids have you know been married or moved out. 
others, you know, it, may, it may just might not be something you qualify. You made more income this year unexpectedly, and you no longer will receive that. So reporting that in, that child tax credit money that you actually received already and reporting it correctly is going to be a big deal for folks. Well, again, what I'm talking to some people is it's a surprise. They got this money that was shoved out to them by the government thinking, okay, this is money that I can use. And they spent it not realizing that it's taxable. Yeah. And I, I just talked to a, a young lady and she says, we're going to have to pay like $3,000 in taxes that we weren't expecting to pay. Mm -hmm. But they, they had misunderstood that tax credit that was sent out to them. That's right. Another big one, I think, for 2021 is the home office deduction. Oh, my goodness. That, that was something that existed you know, a few years ago that people who worked from home at times were able to say, this, this is my home office. There's all sorts of rules and specifics of it had to be solely used for work purposes and whatnot. But you know, my understanding is they've done away with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And if you were an independent contractor or you know, some sort of a self-employed individual, you can still designate part of your house as a home office. You could write it off. But everybody else, you know, people who have a normal job, even though you have a home office and used it probably a lot during this pandemic, that's not something that you can write off um, in your taxes, either you know, your utility bills, portions of your rent. Of course, you can know, talk to your tax professional on this one, but that, I think that was a shock for some people to say, you know, I worked from home all year. Isn't there a thing? <laughs> Is it, isn't, don't I get a deduction? <laughs> and I think it's a house? surprise when you can't do it. Right. Because you used to be able to do it. You know, right. People, and even if they didn't do that themselves, they knew that in the back of their mind that might have existed. And it was, it was kind of promoted. I think the, uh, you know, the newspapers and a lot of people, they talked about, well, you're working from home now, you can take apart. Nah, not really. You have to be really careful about the rules and regulations. And the IRS, they're going to be looking for this. They're yeah. going to be looking for if you hadn't used it in the past and all of a sudden it's income now or a deduction that you had used in the past, they're going to go, well, what, why, why is this different right. now? Right. It might be a flag that you know some people genuinely right. became self-employed. Right. Others are simply saying, I'm working from home, so don't I get to do this? Um, the other item is education. There's a lot of folks who have come oh for education um, in the last year. And there's there's some tax credits for that for education. Right. There's there's two separate tax credits. They're very common, but the issue is you you can't take them both, and people may not understand that. So as they start going into making these deductions, you have to be mindful of which one applies to you. Yeah. So when I, my children were in college, you have to be careful that you take one for two years and then the other one for the other two years, and there are requirements. You know, there's there's income requirements, things like that. So it's you know it's the um, What's what called the lifetime learning credit is for one, and then you have this other one. Uh, what's it called, Jeremiah? I'm looking here in my notes. And um, anyway, yeah, it's, yeah, the American Opportunity. There you go. Tax. Always forget the always forget the title. Yeah, American that. Opportunity Tax Credit. But I mean, again, remember a tax credit is different than a tax deduction. Um, again, a tax deduction just reduces your income. Yep. So you pay you pay taxes on a lesser amount of income. A tax credit, folks, goes directly against the tax owed. So the impact of that is dramatic. And again, we don't do tax preparation, but it's something that if you're using, well, you want to make sure you count yep. it because it really has a major impact upon the taxes that you yep. owe. Yep. Another, another flag, and this one is not um, necessarily bad. I mean, none of these are necessarily bad or wrong. They're just items that, that might trigger more of an audit. One of them being higher losses in a business that you own. Yes. Um, it, it's been a unique year. And some people are going to genuinely have um, more expenses and more costs. And so what used to be consistent income is, is going to show up differently. However, that, that, that change, you know, that delta from year to year, that could be a flag. And, you know, it's appropriate to do it as your business is. But, you know, people who think, oh, it, it was a hard year. Maybe I'll just pump these in here and inappropriately 
inflate their expenses. That, that's a that's a clear flag. Yeah, I mean, again, it's the PPP loan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that came through. But if you don't use that appropriately and show it on an accounting under an audit, that money would become all taxable or potentially there might be penalties. Right, if you didn't use it as, as per the program. So it can be, it can be pretty expensive. Yeah, you know? that's right. Another odd one we'll see, I'm not sure how many people this applies to, but um, crypto, there's a question now on the, the 1040 about crypto. Yeah. You know, have you bought and sold any cryptocurrencies um, in this last year? And some folks don't realize that that's just like a stock. It's just like a security that if you've owned or held or traded cryptocurrencies, whether you, you got a loss or whether you had some gains, um, those have tax impacts. Right. And so to properly report those, I mean, my, my fear is folks who are simply trading on their phone um, and don't see this as a big deal. Was, you know, they're, they're being speculative. They, they, they made some money. They're excited about it. But realizing there's going to be some tax reporting documents. And they that, could build up. They could end up actually having losses, but still have a lot of income tax. That's uh, right. Ramification yeah. on Over the year, like depending when they bought and sold. And some of that will be reported. You yep. know, um, but some of it, depending on what, what you know, wallets and what apps you're using, their reporting may not be robust. Yes. And, it, and it's your responsibility as an individual to make sure that your reporting is accurate. Um, and so to to have to gather your own kind of crypto details and make sure that's, that's uh, reported. Yeah, so again, these are areas that of concern for you. Uh, if you'd like to talk to, more, talk to us more about this, you know, give us a call at our office. It's 951-684-7011. Hey, stay tuned for our next section. We're gonna talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. You know, we're in the midst of the stock market roiling, Mm -hmm. um, and inflation is high. They're talking about 40-year highs. And the question that comes out now is, are we headed towards a recession? The Federal Reserve is just now instituting since 2018 a slight interest rate bump. And um, commodity prices have gone up. Oil went over $100, but we've seen it come back down. Other commodities like such as that. So the question is, are we, are we headed to recession, mm-hmm. which has some very dramatic uh, factors that go with that? Right. Or are we headed towards what we call stagflation, which I experienced. That was before you were born. But I experienced back in the 70s yeah. when I first got married and came out of college. Yeah, we've been having a number of conversations comparing what's similar between right. now and the 70s and what's different between now and the 70s. And, you know, in looking at the similar items, you know, in the, in the 70s, there was high inflation. Inflation was going up rapidly. There was the, the consumer pricing index, which is a measure of that. That had gone up, I think 7.9% in part of the era that it has been going up. The consumer sentiment 
which is what people think, you know, it, are things going to go up? It was all negative. Everyone was kind of projecting this is going to go down. But the unique part of the 70s compared to other eras is that unemployment was down. You know, people still had jobs. People were still Correct. working. It wasn't an, that the economy had slowed in the sense that, you know, people were out of work and no one could get hired. It was just the inflation was going crazy. And we were running to this, they, what they call stagflation, is that we didn't have the productivity growth. We didn't have- the, And you're, even though you got a bump in salary, yeah. inflation exceeded right. the benefits of that increased income. Right. So even then you feel like you're getting raises, you're not really getting above the line. Right. In fact, in that era, a lot of people felt like they were falling further behind, that right. they were getting a de facto pay cut. Um, and so the stagflation you know, isn't necessarily that the economy is- tanking or that that things are failing it's simply that it's not keeping up yeah. with inflation i would i would say it's just almost like a strangulation it's mm. just slowly but surely you're getting less and less you're getting more constricted yeah whereas a recession is i'm just going to do amputation i'm just going to cut off this thing mm. that is hurting us and you kind of start all over yeah and it is like a, re a reset to some right. extent yeah and I, i'm giving you obviously <laughs> give you images in your head. Yeah. medical examples of <laughs> economics neither one of them sound good yeah. well but I, I don't think either one is really good stagflation and a recession the question is, is what's better ultimately yeah. and where are we headed for right now right and you know our we try to say a number of times we try not to predict the future here but the you know we may be in, in for a strong um strong season we'll we'll see i mean a lot of people going into 2020 predicted um, all sorts of difficulties once right. once the pandemic hit. And 2020 ended up being a, a phenomenal year at the end. You know? right. um, so all I said, who knows what will happen. But, but a big difference between now and the 70s, one is you know gas is an issue. Gas prices are going up. And that might be, hopefully, well, but remember, could be a short Oil term. prices were in the 70s. It was because of an embargo from oil producing nations. Yeah. Because they didn't like our relationship with Israel. And so they cut off our oil. And we yeah. were not... We were not energy independent then. We were right. very dependent upon foreign oil. It's a different story now. It's a different story. And you know, with Russia at the moment, you know, there's been some impacts due to oil supplies. Right. But it's, it's, it's much less in, in the, the grand scheme of things compared to what right. it was in the 70s. And our dependence as a country on oil, I mean, uh, gas efficiency, not even just talking about electric cars or the things that we've shifted to electric, but the gas efficiency of vehicles is so much greater now than it was in the 70s. And the ability for people to get by with less yeah, because you, their cars require less. I mean, the conversion of, of a barrel of oil into actual use is like 20 times greater now than what it was mm. back in 1980. Interesting. Um, uh, don't quote me on that and give <laughs> me that support, but I've read articles talking yeah. about is that our efficiency for use of energy is so much more. We get so much more out of a, out of a barrel of oil now than what we did back in the 80s. Wow, yeah. Um, so again, that plus the fact that we're now much more energy independent as a country. Yeah, so. no, those are all good factors. Another item is also the dollar, uh, that we have a very strong dollar. Um, you know, they talk about the, the dollar being kind yeah. of the world's reserve currency. And, you know, back, way back when, <laughs> you know, we used to be on uh, the gold standard. And so right. they would say, what backs the dollar? Well, gold does. And then we went off the gold standard and there's, you know, some shifting. And then it was the idea that it's the, the full faith and credit of the United States. And interesting articles this this um, week I've been reading that you know, the full faith and credit. I, I don't know that other countries are relying on that. You say, oh, we believe the United States; they'll never default. But really, it's it's the belief in the U.S. economy that we will continue, that we will thrive, and that we will be able to defend our own economy. You know, even like militarily wise. So that that the idea is saying, I'll hold a dollar because I'm confident that U.S. dollars ten years from now are still going to be worth something right you know it's not going to either be attacked and implode or it's also not going to just have a fizzling economy so because of that because of the belief by all the world you know all the various countries that the u.s 
dollars are still strong, they use them as their reserve currencies right. that they will hold in their own banks, even U.S. dollars to shore up their currencies, which which can fluctuate. And there's a lot of arguments about what's going on in the world is regarding the dollar and the use of it and all that, the gold standard versus based upon our gross domestic product. But at the end of the day, uh, currently, right now, if you look at criminal element, they don't collect yuan, they don't collect euros, they collect dollars because mm. they know that they can exchange those dollars into something of value. Okay. Uh, and one of, the, one of the things I read here is El Salvador, you know, they went to crypto. And crypto, they're saying, you know, now the official currency of El Salvador is crypto. And yet the reality is, is most businesses now will not accept them. Yeah. So if you if you want to buy something in El Salvador, you got to use dollars. Yeah, you know? that's a big part of um, the transaction. I have heard that um, uh, Subway will accept crypto. I've not done that personally or tried. But, you know, I think there's in the U.S., there's some companies that will accept um, crypto as payment. And in El Salvador, they try to make it that everyone had to. And, you know, it sounds like that is just technologically, you know, not been implemented. Also, the, the risk of it, you know, someone comes in, I can see a shop owner not trusting whether or not whatever they're getting or not getting is right. going to be exactly. really money. Um, yeah, and I think, again, crypto, and I, I, don't, I don't want to spend a great deal of time on crypto in this segment of it, but, you know, it, it, has, a, it has a profitability problem. So, you know, you know, it's set up, crypto is set up to have a utility value, but it really has turned into a speculative value. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a betting part right. Of it right now that I, I have difficulty with because it has no intrinsic value. Right. And so we've we've lost the concept of utility. I mean, what's it really worth? Right. Um, and we, we may get back to that. You know, we yeah. may, and part of it's using it in every day. A lot of the people who hold crypto are saying we're going to hold it like we're going to hold on to this. And we are going to you know, we believe in the idea of a non-government regulated right. currency or we believe in the speculation. I mean, back to the very beginning of crypto, not the very beginning, but early on. People are trying to get it to be used. That was the whole point. There's, you know, the famous story. I think it's 2010. The guy who bought a pizza for 10,000 Bitcoin. That was how much he would, you know, found a pizza place who was willing to take his Bitcoin. Crypto. Oh yeah, it's his, his, his uh, yeah, cryptocurrencies. And it was 10,000 Bitcoins is what he paid for a pizza. So in today's dollars, that's about 384 million dollars for. So one had pizza. the retailer kept the crypto. Right. Yeah. And it, they've been it'd be better than winning the lottery. That's right. That's right. But at the time, it, it, they were he, this person individually was was trying to make it. A lot of folks were trying to make it a usable currency, a usable device, and that's still existing. And you know, Tesla accepted crypto for a while. Yeah. Others, I'm sure, will. But you're right. There's that utility of being able to use it to buy and sell, and there's also the speculation to say, I just want to hold it because I think someday this will be worth a lot. And I think getting back to the kind of the theme here is that will we have stagflation or will we have you know a recession? And I, and I think there's a possibility of, you know, of either. It depends upon what happens between now and the end of the year. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I'm not, I, I guess I'd like to get in the heads of what the, what the governors and the Federal Reserve are really mm. thinking about. But I think they're hoping that uh, supply chains will heal yeah. and, so, and produce more production and bring down that natural competition as the cost of goods and services will just naturally come down because there's ample supply of it. So Yeah. Well, I think we have to take a, a little bit of a pause of knowing that we're in an emotional market. Yes. Like we have inflation, which is scary. You know, it's mm -hmm. scary for people on fixed incomes. It's scary for people looking to retire or who are retired. It, it's scary for people who know that, that prices might go up and they just have a regular job. So there's that fear aspect. There's also the humanitarian issues going on in Russia and in Ukraine, primarily Ukraine, of, of what's going on there. We can't discount the humanitarian cost, the humanitarian right. issues, but knowing that these are fearful moments, you know, they also present opportunities that mm -hmm. the, the U.S. may diversify its oil 
you know, the U.S. may come out stronger. But all that said, you know, not not a time to change your long term strategies, but a time to think about where we're headed. And, and I guess, I mean, I really want to put this caveat. Don't be overwhelmed if your portfolio is off a few percentage points. I mean, it's not the end of the world. And all markets have some corrections to them. Right. It, it's not changed. I believe more in business than I do in political outcomes because business will be able to maneuver and manage through just about any circumstances out there. So if you'd like to talk to us about, it, I mean, anything we're talking about here on the radio today, uh, we'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as news you can use. You know, Jeremiah, with home equity prices, I mean, home values have gone up dramatically over the last couple yeah. of years, three years. And the question is, do you pull that equity out of your residence and use it for something else that you think you can get more advantage from? Yeah. We have a number of clients who see this equity and, and, and wonder how to best tap into it, how to use it, right. what to use it for. And a few things I want to talk about, you know, the first thing is not free money, right? Even though it's there, if you were to pull it out through a, a HELOC or a line of credit or um, just a loan, you're going to have to pay that back and you have to pay out back interest on it. So not to view it as free money, I think is the first, first for sure. item. Um, and it's your home. It's your home. It's where you live, right? <laughs> so don't, 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 uh, don't mess with your house because yeah. it, it's there's certain laws that govern protection of your castle, so to speak, unless you bring in the problems and and destroy that ability to keep your home in the yeah. in the worst of times. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's one thing to to bet on a stock market or crypto or something and say, oh, we lost some money. It's another thing to take a loan out and now you've leveraged your house and you're losing your house for sure. or something minor. The, the other big thing is to set, if you if you do want to put a home equity line of credit, you need to get these things set up before you need them. Right. You know, when you, if you were to lose a job or um, you want to do some major project, you know, the money is not available instantly. These take 30, 60, 90 days to get set up and you have to qualify for them. You have to show good income. You have and to show good purposes. banks are much stricter now than what they have been in past times. Yeah. And so walking into a bank, and if you think you're going through some economic difficulties or potentially going to go through, banks will sense that. Yeah. And the best time to borrow is when you don't need the money. Yeah. Like for years, I had a home equity line of credit set up on my home. Right. Never used it, never touched it, but it was a safety net just right. in case. Um, the other thing is also to stay disciplined. Just because, similar to a credit card, just because you have the available balance, you know, doesn't mean that it's that you need to use it. And so it's it's there for either a rainy day or home improvements, things that that really are functionally valuable. Uh, but if you're the type of person who struggles to stay under your credit card limits, having a home equity line of credit may not be a good option. So we have an article here. It's called uh, How to Safely Tap Home Equity During an Emergency. And if you'd like to have a copy of this, we'd be more than happy to send it out to you because we want you to make wise choices with your money. And your residence, it's pretty important, folks, that you kind of keep your home safe and secure as much as you possibly can. 
Right. Cause um, it's not just a large asset. It, it's where you live and you're treating right. it as both of those things, a large asset right. that's valuable, but also where you live. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on any kind of future episode, you know, just send us an email and use the contact button on the website. So retirementunlimited.com and we'll get, or just give our office a call at 951-684-7011. And we'll utilize that to, uh, bring you some, some, some topics that you're interested in. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567 and Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.